0: The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
1: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. Write down this number,
2: toll free, 1-866-405-8405. That's an 866 number, 866-405-8405. And on the other end of that line, Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Villani answering your pet questions, whatever... Your questions may be about your animals. Call now. A big show today. We're going to have the folks from Viagen back. They're going to talk about the first ever cloned puppy here in the U.S. Uh, interesting stuff they're doing. Also on the show today, in just a few minutes, Robert Semro with five reasons birds make incredible pets. Now, hmm. Joey has a cockatoo. Or yeah. A, is that what it is? Cockatoo? Yeah, it's a
3: cockatoo. It's an umbrella mm-hmm. cockatoo.
2: An umbrella cockatoo gurney. Who's the Beretta
3: bird. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, and is <laughs> a, almost 40 years old, he believes. Wow they live a long time and they do make incredible pets. I have never been the guardian of a of a bird, but I'm going to be listening today to find out all about it with Robert Simro in just a couple of minutes. Lori Brooks, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, for anybody who, you know, has to stay home on some of the best holidays of the year because, you know, it's the right thing to do when your animals or your pets are are noise-sensitive and freak out at fireworks, there is a new way to deal with that that has been approved by the Food and Drug Administration. So I'll share that with you and give you a little bit of hope coming up.
2: Okay, let's uh, go to the phones for your calls right now, one 405 Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And that's available at uh, the Google Store, the App Store, respectively. And it's free, so download it now. There are a lot of great reasons to download that. Not only can you ask a question from the app, you can listen to the show, interviews that you missed, or get important news updates like recalls. So uh, definitely before the show today, make sure you've gone to the Google App Store or the Apple App Store and downloaded that puppy for your phone. It's free. Well, let's head to the phones toll-free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, 405 8405 and we head to Janice. Hey, Janice, how are you?
5: I'm fine. How are you doing?
2: Good. Where are you today?
5: On well, in St. Louis.
2: Oh, listening on KTRS. Thank you so much. What's going on?
5: Well, I have an elderly, arthritic cat, and I'm giving it um, glucosamine, chondroitin, and MSM, and also something called Arthroionics, and that's supposed to be homeopathic, but so far I'm not having much luck with either, and I wonder what else I could do. Is there anything natural I can go with?
6: Well, it sounds like you're already kind of tapping into it. And can you repeat again, because that kind of went by fast. I missed some of what you said about what you were giving.
5: Glucosamine, and MSM. Okay. I, I started with those, and then I, uh, I'm doing, still doing those, and then I started Arthrolionex about about two weeks ago. And really, you're supposed to give it about uh, four to six weeks, but. And, and the cat, I, I have to say, the cat is moving around a little more. It's crying a little bit less, but it's still lumping.
6: Okay. And have we been to the vet? Have they done
5: x-rays? No, I, I really didn't want to do x-rays. I'm sure that's what's going on with it.
6: Well, I mean, definitely in some cases that, that's certainly possible. Um, but there are other things that can cause limping. Um, so I would just want to make sure we aren't going down the wrong pathway. So, um, most cats do tolerate x-rays fairly easily. So it would be, now which, um, which area are we dealing with? Are we back end, front end?
5: It, it's hips. Yep.
6: The what? Hips. Yep. The hips. Okay. Alrighty. So in and I do see a fair amount of cats that do have hip dysplasia, so that isn't uh too uncommon. I think it's about under ten percent, but somewhere around six, seven percent of cats can actually have hip dysplasia. Um right. so, so yeah, that definitely um we can use things like if you've ever heard of um adequan, um that can be used. It it is an injection form of a um, building block. Um, it's called polysulfated glycosaminoglycans. Um, we use it in dogs, but we can use it also in cats and it's also used in horses. And that's an injection um, that can be given on a, a protocol that can be helpful. Um, the glucosamine is certainly, you know, I think the standby as far as a lot of one of the natural things or the, you know, kind of more well-accepted um, nutritional supplements. Um, also, can look at things like SAMe, S A M e, as a um, antioxidant um, to help decrease inflammation as well. Um, and then the next thing is um, with counts we have to be a little sparing, but we can look at um, other types of pain relievers. Uh, the non-steroidal pain relievers, they don't really tolerate super well, so they can't take aspirin, it'll kill them. Can't take Tylenol, it'll kill them. Um, so um, there are prescription uh, non-steroidal pain relievers that we can use if we're having a bad bout. Um w- so that's why before we talk about, you know, uh, getting into some of those things, you know, I like to make sure we're, we've got a solid diagnosis and, you know, solid blood work and that we're a good candidate for that. The yeah, other I big never, thing. I
5: never thought about hip dysplasia. I didn't even know cats got that. I knew dogs did.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other uh, real common thing I see in cats that sometimes we don't see until they're older is they can actually have uh, kneecap problems. So um, they can rupture ligaments in their knee, like the cruciate ligament, but they can also have a patellar luxation. And um, sometimes as they get older, they get a little arthritic, or maybe getting excess weight um, can really kind of make all of those things worse. So for for cats, um, in fact, the other day I just had a cat with um, hip dysplasia, and um, they were reporting the typical bunny hopping game. So most dogs and cats run right, left, right, left, right, left And uh, front and back legs go kind of in that order If we notice that the back legs always move together as if we're a rabbit That's an indicator that we could be having hip problems Um, And that's exactly what the cat I saw was doing Was doing this bunny gait And they just thought it was cute (laughs) And it was actually a symptom of hip problems
5: He doesn't do that He walks normal but limp.
6: Okay and then, so I mentioned a little bit about weight. That's another huge factor. So if your kitty's a little tubby around the middle, um, weight loss is actually one of the best things you can do to help minimize the need for pain relievers or giving things. And and I think, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, we talk about natural supplements. There's a lot of things we can give, but we have a cat here. So we have to really kind of think reality. How many things are we going to be able to get in your cat orally? Some cats are really amenable to liquids or tablets um, or some of the different, like, uh, Powdered glucosamines that you can give in the food, but um, there, there is the point of where we want to have that cat, and we still want to have that bond with the kitty. And if they're always getting medications, then that can really be a downer um, for both sides of that relationship. So, um, I, I think that's one thing you got to look at as well. And, uh, I, I would really encourage you to get her looked at so that we can get a little bit better idea what we're up against and, um, you know, what our options are, make sure we don't need to do something else to address that. The other big thing I do see a lot with pets, cats in particular that have arthritis problems, is they have issues using the litter box, so they don't always like to go to the litter box because they actually may be hurting from their joint problems or um, arthritis, wherever it may be, so they actually relate that pain to being in the litter box, so we may have a cat that poops near the box, um, gets the idea, but just doesn't spend time covering their waste in the box, and they want to get the heck out of there, so that's definitely um, one other thing history-wise I might ask you to kind of look at and see.
5: Well, he's not doing that either. <laughs> he
6: goes in his okay. box. Well, good. Well, that's good. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd but encourage I you get... back
5: into the x-rays, and I, I never thought about hip dysplasia.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: probably should go yeah. to the vet and just uh, get her checked out, you know?
5: Okay. Thanks for
2: your call, Janice. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you for listening on KTRS in St. Louis. We love you guys. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Don't forget you can ask your questions also from the Animal Radio app. This is a free app for your iPhone or Android device. Please download it now. Also coming up, if you're one of those people that just dreads going to the veterinarian because your animals, you know, you have to drag them. kicking and screaming to go to the vet. They just don't want to go. They're frightened of it. Dr. Marty Becker will change that for you. He has some amazing tips coming up which will take the pet out of petrified. And your pets will actually love going to the vet. You'll want to be listening up for these tips. If you have an animal with any kind of anxiety whatsoever, he has some great ideas. Just around the corner
1: right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
8: Hi, it's Alan Cable. You know, 33% of us pet owners talk to our pets on the phone with the answering machine when we're away. 62% of us sign letters and cards. So it looks like it's coming from both you and your pet. 79% give their pets holiday and birthday presents. 50% of those actually throw birthday celebration parties. And 17% of us sometimes dress our pets. You've probably heard about the Labradoodle that looks like a lion.
5: Are you serious?
8: Oh yeah, listen to some of the nine one one calls.
5: And there was a lion that ran across the street, a baby lion.
8: Lion, a baby lion. Had the mange and everything. Here's his owner. I tell people he's a lava lion. When people see Charlie the dog walking, they really freak out.
9: I- seen him literally dive through the window to get in the car thinking a lion is after them
8: oh this stuff's fun we all love to humanize our dogs don't we give them human emotions i was at soccer on saturday and this guy comes up and says can i pet your dog i said sure he commences to acting like a nut oh you're a good boy you're just such a good boy i said dude come on you're gonna get him all wound up and i've taught him he needs to be calm here's the irony he tells me he noticed how calm and mellow and well-behaved my dog is i said then why are you trying to juice him up like that i said buddy you gotta be calm when you pet a dog just mellow you don't want to act like his head is the hope diamond of course he doesn't get it or he doesn't want to get it and here's more irony he tells me he's got dogs and he doesn't believe in ever putting them on a leash and he says you know why here's why would you want to be on a leash i already know the answer but just for the heck of it i ask him do you bring your dogs out says no of course not i can't bring them anywhere i can't control them they might knock down a kid or an old woman of course he doesn't hear what he's saying i said look my dog is here with me i take him lots of places people don't even notice him they're happy to see him kids can come up and pet him and he's not locked up in the house all alone by himself and the reason for this is because he knows the rules knowing the rules makes him calm and happy he knows what i expect of him and he always gets to come along because of that anyway if you want to pet a strange dog ask permission and then be mellow about it
6: animal radio is underwritten in part by viagen pets the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
9: Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke.
10: If you have cats, I bet you didn't realize there's a connection between common health problems in cats to the type of litter you use. Ammonia forms in the litter box and can cause vomiting, diarrhea, drooling, panting, and even upper respiratory infections. You can stop this by switching to Cats Incredible Litter. It has patented technology that stops ammonia from forming, with all profits going to help animals in need. Available now at your local pet store and Petco stores nationwide. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
1: I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for phyto friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it pets are part of the family and we like to sniff out new places too and we hate to be turned away especially when we're on our best behavior so we won't be left out in the cold be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today
2: Welcome to our newest air talent. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, Sunday. Who's in the uh, newsroom right now, along with Lori Brooks. Coming up in just a few minutes, five reasons birds make incredible pets. And I think uh, Joey can speak to that very well. Also coming up in just a few minutes, the first ever cloned puppy. In the the U.S. In the U.S.
3: Right. Not the first puppy.
4: They've done it over in Europe and I think Asia or something. Okay. This is the first U.S. And we're
2: going to talk to Viagin about that. Lori, what are you working on over there?
4: You know, there are some things that we depend on to change our lives, and nothing has done that more than the Internet, but some of these things on the Internet of Things... Has really let a lot of pet owners down lately, and we'll tell you what that is that you might want to think twice about getting. Yeah,
2: if you're if you have one of those automated houses, you definitely want to be listening to this <laughs> uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But first, we visit with America's favorite veterinarian, that of course, Doctor Marty Becker. How you doing, Doc?
11: Doing good, friend. Doing good. Dogs are dogs are. Uh pestered me in a great way today. You know how you sit down and (laughs) one of them's on one foot trying to get me to rub it with my foot. Another one's on the other hand trying to get me to pet it.
2: (laughs) We love our animals and we do some crazy things for our animals. One of the things that you want to do is when you go to the veterinarian, there's so many things that you can do to make it easier. You take the petrified out of, uh, what, do you, what do you say, take the pet out of we petrified? Take, take the pet out of petrified is our slogan. And when you really start looking
11: at pets, we know what when they're feeling calm and happy. You can think about ways they are when they get to go for a walk or they get to, you know, you open up the treat door, you're sitting down at the couch at night and they're nice and relaxed and Um, Just like the two dogs are at my feet and at my arms a minute ago wanting to have their their bellies rubbed or their necks scratched. And then we look at the signs of anxiety and fear and stress. You know, what happens when they come across an unfamiliar dog on their walk or it's their first introduction at the dog park or they're going, you know, I guess the best example you'd go to the veterinarian. And you don't even have to say they know they're going to the vet. If it's a small dog or cat, you're getting the carrier out or they just got you red, and they get in the car, and they follow this path, and they go up there. And there's a lot of things we've learned on creating fear-free veterinary visits that that I want to tell pet owners about. And there's certain things, there's certain anxiety and fear triggers that are part of taking a pet to the vet. So if you have a, a small dog or cat and you're going to use a carrier – Don't get it out the night before or the morning of the procedure. You're guaranteed to have a pet that has instant anxiety that lasts throughout the trip and the visit. The ideal thing to do, and I practice what I preach here, is to have the carrier out all the time. We bought a new carrier. It's more attractive. You know, the old air, yeah. once you see at the airport, you know, that we're, now they, now they're nice colors. They've got these cool air holes and we call it fun furniture. So it's out all the time. It just happens to be their home away from home. When so they, they get travel.
2: used to it before they go to the vet. So it's not like a symbol of going to the vet or somewhere bad. It's just, it's like furniture they see all the time, right?
11: Exactly. And it's lots of good things happen in there. So you get new toys, you put them in there. You get a tasty kind of new food or treat, you give it in there. And also, if you have small children, you let them know, listen, that's the place that's off limits. That's their safe house there where you don't bug them when they're in their house, when they're in their little den. And then you want to start about a week out. If this is a wellness visit, you want to start a week out with your preparation. So it's going to involve pheromones and okay. in pheromones. You want to get a recommendation of your veterinarian of a brand because there's pheromones that that sound the same look the same. They're not the same. So oh, wow. get a recommendation from your your veterinarian of the pheromone that we know are clinically proven to work. Mm-hmm. So you start this magic carpet right of pheromones. It's literally go from a pad you put in the carrier, a towel, and then it goes in your, you have the, the pheromones in your car, and then they're going to find it at the clinic. There are some natural uh, chill pills, we call it. They're nutraceuticals. They are, some are green tea extracts. Some are, have things that are from milk casein. So like when the bitch or the queen nurses puppies or kittens, there's something in the milk that causes them to relax. And they do that for two reasons. One, they don't want them all there clawing everybody to death when they're nursing. But secondly, they want to be able to calm them down when predators are around. So there's some natural products. Also compression garments like Thunder Shirts. So if you're going to do the chill pills, you'll start the magic carpet right of pheromones. You start the chill pills a week out, and then when it's time to go – don't do it with dread. Do it with either neutral or your, your happy voice, your kind of go to the dog park voice <laughs> and take the vehicle. Uh, or I don't know where, how hot it is where you're at right now. It's about 95 degrees where I'm at today. You, you don't take a dog from 70 to 95. So preheat or precool the car to the temperature that they're accustomed to. Okay. And then don't baby talk the pet on the way in. <laughs> so you're going to have this pet hungry. You're going to withhold food for, you know, like the night before, like you do for surgery, so it responds better to food rewards. Put it behind the back seat on the floor or in the very back if you have a little SUV like us. You want to cover it with a sheet or a small towel to reduce visual stimuli. And the very best thing you can do, go on iTunes and download uh, one of the songs from Through a Dog's Ear or Through a Cat's Ear. This music is actually paced to be at their resting heart rate for dog or cat. And if you do those things bring it in hungry, start the pheromones and the chill pills a week out. Don't baby talk it, play the music, cover the thing. You're going to arrive with a pet that's like it's had three glasses of wine and a Valium.
2: (laughs) They'll love going to the vet. They'll want to go to the vet more often. And I got to tell you that music that you were talking about is also very calming and soothing for humans too.
11: You, You know what, Hal, this is amazing. I practiced last Thursday and Twice I got, you know how you typically go out of the exam room and you, you walk somebody up to the front counter, you know, just to, for them to check out? Yep. Uh, this never happened before. I walked out and went up to talk to him about a, a dental supplement because most people don't brush their pet's teeth. So I said, listen, here's some enzyme impregnated rawhide that I recommend you feed. I turned around and the pet owner wasn't there. I looked I looked back and they were trying to drag the dog out of the exam room. And, th- <laughs> and that happened another time. That never ever happened before fear-free but the pet was looking for other food rewards in there so rather than running out of the exam room they couldn't drag him out of the exam room so that's when you know you've
1: won
2: these are all amazing tips and we're going to put them over at the website just in case you missed any of them or if you tuned in midway over at animalradio.com taking the pet out of petrified we thank you so much for doing that dr marty becker thank you friend
12: Are you worried your pet might come down with Zika? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, which tracks the spread of Zika around the world, says you don't have to be. I'm Risa Jill Miller. Captain Jennifer McQuiston, Deputy Director in the CDC's Division of High Consequence Pathogens and Pathology Science, has the
3: latest update on pets and Zika. Even though there have been lots of human cases of Zika, there haven't been any reports of pets becoming sick with the virus. That's great news for animal lovers everywhere.
12: Zika is just one of the topics on the agenda at the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention, August 5th through 9th in San Antonio, Texas. Dr. Joe Kinarney, the AVMA's outgoing president.
9: Veterinary education sessions cover everything from pain management and stress-free vet visits to disaster response and military working dogs. There are also sessions on veterinary care for horses, production animals, and chickens.
12: Visit avma.org to learn more.
5: This is
4: Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The Internet of Things, as it's called, may be touted as the next huge thing in technology, but those Internet-connected solutions designed to make your life easier can, on the other hand, cause some pretty huge problems, as a lot of pet owners recently found out, when PetNet, that's an internet-connected feeding app, experienced a big server outage last week, and that left a lot of pets hungry for hours. And that, as you can imagine, left a lot of pet owners very upset. The one hundred and forty nine dollar pet net system it manages food supply, it manages the time it's given, even portion size. But because of the server outage, hundreds of pets were not fed when they should have been Wow, So the company put out an email explaining the problem, and they said, "Please ensure that your pets have been fed manually." until this issue has been resolved. What does that even mean? So, I guess yeah, I guess <laughs> the manual feeding is, you know, either opening a can or a bag of kibble and putting it in a bowl and feeding your cat. So, feed we we most of us feed our pets manually. But a lot of PetNet users were really upset because they hadn't been told or they hadn't realized that the device, which relies on the system's central server to manage and schedule all of those smart feeders, it does not yet have a backup system to deal with those emergencies. So, yeah. There were parents, pet parents who were at work and couldn't get home. Their dogs depend, you know, they're used to a snack at 2 in the afternoon. None of that happened. So while most of the people were, you know, outraged, and I think rightly so, some users were able to take it in stride. And one guy I thought was pretty funny, he had posted that he had just manually fed his dog. I poured kibble in a bowl and set it on the floor, and I think I did a good job.
2: (laughs) Boy, that's old school.
4: Yeah. I mean, who would have thought feeding a dog could be old school, but we are now. Now,
2: there was like a a Google car that crashed uh, uh, a few weeks ago, or was it a a Tesla car? Yeah. Some automated car. So you see, all of these things that we think are great technology, the Internet of Things, they can screw up. So, yeah.
4: wow, what, take, take note What of that. is it? The Google Nest service also yep. is, you know, kind of like the same thing, and during the, a big heat wave, they had an outage, and so, you know, all air conditioners went off, and if you have pets at home and you're living in Tucson, that could be yep. really dangerous.
2: Yep, absolutely. Okay. I,
4: I do have some great news. Okay. Um, you know, because 4th of July, of course, we know July 5th is the biggest day of the year for shelters, because so many dogs get freaked out and run away from home because of all the fireworks. Our next biggest noise making holiday though, is going to be new year's Eve. And hopefully fingers, paws crossed. It is going to be better for the many dogs out there who are noise sensitive. But of course we always have thunder too. And that can happen at any time by some estimates, at least 40% of dogs experience noise anxiety. Now, any vet will tell you about uh, loud holiday stories where dogs who took refuge in hiding places so tight that they got stuck, uh, who gnawed on door handles. I had a dog who chewed through a wall wow. and chewed through a door. Oof. Another dog, a chow, chewed through a fence. Um, another chow crashed through a window. I mean, th- this Jeez. is common so you have to learn how to deal with these things and now we're getting a different way animal experts who have studied this in be- this noise sensitivity and behavior in dogs say it's really serious it's like a panic disorder and their brain just takes over with a complete flight response so over the years a variety of remedies have been out there and you know god knows we have tried them all if you're a pet parent and you know that these things upset your pets even Prozac Uh, Valium, homeopathic blends, pheromones, CDs of thunderstorms and stuff. There is, however, a new drug. Last month, the FDA approved the first drug to treat canine noise aversion, and it is called Sileo. And what Celeo does is it inhibits norepinephrine, which is a chemical in your brain associated with fear and anxiety responses. The new drug is actually a micro amount of a medication which is approved for vets to use as a sedative for minor procedures. It's a flavorless gel and it's measured in a syringe. And that is squeezed in between the dog's cheek and gum and absorbs within about 30 minutes. And they tested this on several hundred noise-sensitive dogs. Um, I believe it was tested in Australia, somewhere overseas, but they don't have Fourth of July. So they tested it on two consecutive New Year's Eve uh, with fireworks. Seventy-five percent of the owners who used it rated the dog's response to their dog was either good or excellent and it apparently lasts for hours and then after it wears off after several hours, you can then administer another dose. So it's not like Ooh, the whole thing's got to be over in just a few hours. Uh, Sileo's main side effect, and that was in about 4 or 5% of the dogs, was vomiting. Not good for that, but, I mean, at least there's something out there. And Dr. Debbie has said this before, and I wanted to get this in that all vets really stress this, is catching the noise response early is absolutely the best thing you can yep. do. And, uh, desensitize the dog. And, um, Dr. Debbie will, she can talk about this again too. With the calibrated recordings of the offending news, you started off at a really low volume and then increased the volume over time and use, of course, positive condition, conditioning. But, um, by the way, cats can also have noise aversion, but those reports are less common and mostly because cats will seek refuge like under a bed or something uh-huh. and that's kind of something they would do anyway so it's not as easy to track
2: you know what we're trying with ladybug we're doing this desensitization there's an app out there and we we play the noises and then we give her treats when she hears the noises just like you were talking about dr debbie turned us on to this mm-hmm. it's something though you can't do like uh the, a couple of days before the fireworks you got to work uh, uh, several months at best ahead of time up to it. So if you want to desensitize them for New Year's, start now. Wow. You yes. know,
3: we do have one of those cats, too, that's afraid of <laughs> thunderstorms and stuff. It goes
2: and hides under <laughs> yes, the bed. Yes,
4: does. Uh, this noise that you're hearing in the background now in my studio is my new foster dog, Sunday. What a cutie. And um Sunday. Yeah, she, she is, but I, I'm trying really hard. I've only uh, been working with her for a week, but she came from a shelter. After, she was found in a home abandoned oh. with um, a couple of other dogs and a, and a couple of other animals. And they don't know how long she was there. Wow. So then it became a court case. So who knows how long she was in that house without food or people. What do you mean it became and a court case? It became a court case because she was found in a house abandoned. So it became an abuse case. So oh, like okay. case. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was in the shelter for five and a half weeks while this case was going on. And during which time she was healing from mange. Mm. So Sunday now is, has people around her all the time. Um, I am, you know, with her. She goes with me everywhere. And, (laughs) but if you're not near her or, or whatever, she, she gets a little anxious. What, now, how yeah. did she get the name Sunday? Um, I, I guess that's what they called her at the shelter. Okay. So when, uh, we as the rescue got her, um, you know, some people want to change the name. And my theory is that, you know, she's going to be adopted out. Somebody else is going to change her name. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But right now she's got five weeks or five and a half weeks of Sunday being called Sunday under her belt. Um, that's enough change. Now, are Sunday. You,
2: are you fostering her or did you adopt <laughs> her? Because I know you're. No,
4: we're fostering her.
2: Okay, now I've I've seen you. But if
4: she, if do
2: this before, I've had
4: plenty of (laughs) fosters who became hospice cases, and if she had to stay here forever, that would be fine with me. She's absolutely adorable.
2: She's eight. She is. Well, welcome to the show, Sunday.
4: (laughs) Did you hear that, Sunday? Sunday. 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 I'll have her go fetch your paper. Okay, Hal. <laughs> do we have time for one more story? Yes, we do. Okay, because we're talking about shelters and you know, we all believe in pulling dogs from shelters, cats, whatever kind of animals. And there is, um, you know, so many shelters in the, especially in the summertime experience horrific conditions, conditions because things like air conditioning, um, you know, may be really old, but there's this, um, shelter in Kentucky in Martin County, the city is Inez or the town and they got some really bad news last week that their shelter is full of toxic mold Ooh. in the walls, in the ceiling, everywhere. And when you have mold like that, it has got to be cleaned by like has like by hazmat people
5: what?
4: because it can literally kill. Mm-hmm. So this rescue that has the, the license to run the shelter through the county. Is now responsible for, you know, paying to have it cleaned up and all this stuff. And they've got 20 dogs and 37 cats that they've got to get out of there. So, um, and then on top of all of that, the expense of that, every single animal before it leaves has to be vetted because the black mold can cause neurological issues sure. for humans and for animals. Yeah. So. You have to know the health of the animal before it is put into foster or adopted. So if anyone out there, if you know anyone in Inez or Martin County, Kentucky, we hope you'll let them know there's a big problem at their local shelter, or maybe you can help them out. We'll put their information on our webpage. I'm Lori Brooks, and, you know, you can always get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
0: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
2: Well, don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients. They all support your pet's optimal health. We can speak from experience on this. Tigger's, the studio cat, has made an amazing turnaround on Red Barn. Learn more over at Red Barn, Inc., and thank you so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405
2: 8405. I think one of your bedazzled uh, sequins fell off your stethoscope there. I don't want the dog eating it. Oh, pardon me. 1 405 8405. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical question. Let's hit the phones. We have Ann on the phones. Hi, Ann. Hi. How are you?
3: I'm fine, thank you.
2: Where are you today?
3: I'm in Clovis, California. Oh, near
2: Fresno, lovely Fresno.
3: Right, yes.
2: What can we do for you?
3: I have a question, and it's possibly if dogs could be allergic to black mission figs. And I'll be real brief. I have a little miniature rat carrier, weighs about 10 pounds, two and a half years old very very active last monday we noticed or two weeks ago monday we noticed she was dragging her back leg a little bit by Mm -hmm. tuesday she couldn't stand up we had to put a sling under her back legs she was just dragging them took her to the vet they did that test where they pinched her legs all the way up to the middle of the back there was no flinching she was like completely paralyzed for two days i thought i was going to have to put her down the doctor tried a dose of DMSO along with had been given her prednisone.
6: Okay, this yeah. was
3: on a Thursday. By Friday, she was able to stand on her legs a little bit. By Saturday, she was walking a little wobbly. By Sunday, she was running and chasing the dog along the fence. Mm-hmm. Now, could is there a possibility because? A year ago, we almost lost her, and it was—it's exactly a year ago, and they never could find out what was wrong with her then. But she just didn't eat; she was listless and dehydrated, and everything.
6: Hmm. And okay. Was, and you, you're concerned about the figs being a possible cause of that?
3: Possibly, or else could she have had? The vet said he took X-rays. There was nothing that jumped out at him, but possibly a ruptured disc or um, a dislocated disc, but. Did he recover that quickly?
6: Well, possibly, yeah, really? and when we talk about uh, disc problems in dogs um, you know it's a spongy little cushion between the bones right below the spinal cord so if one of those um, very suddenly impacts the spinal cord um, causes a lot of pain can lead to sudden paralysis mm-hmm. some pets can respond very quickly and very favorably to steroids um, such as prednisone or dexamethasone so that's possible and there are some more obscure things that can cause maybe a temporary paralysis but if with that therapy that he prescribed she improved i would actually have some faith perhaps that we may have a bad back and you know something to watch for in the future because a lot of pets can go on to have future episodes with their back whether or not that year prior that was related to that i don't know um you know but some pets when early back problems will be uncomfortable they just don't act themselves they may be grumpy even and not necessarily show signs of paralysis so you know i can make a case for that perhaps Generally, I can tell you, figs are pretty um, harmless to dogs uh, unless they eat lots of them, and then you get nice mushy poops.
3: (laughs) But I thought possibly because last it was exactly almost to the day a year ago we had a problem with her, and they never could figure out what was wrong with her. And I thought, is it possible?
6: But so then we're looking
3: at a disc, uh, probably a back problem.
6: Very likely. And, you know, I can make some really weird diagnosis out there. There are some types of, um, like, moldy foods that can actually cause a, they have basically a mycotoxin, um, a type of a fungus that that is uh, toxic to the neurologic system. Um, so some pets can have that if they get into old dairy products, um, you know, garbage, even some old nuts sometimes, things like that can cause those problems. Um, so that's a possibility, but that's kind of a far stretch, and usually we have some pretty good Information that a pet's kind of gotten into some things they shouldn't to cause that. So yeah, I would definitely be sure that with your um, with your rat terrier, that we're, we're watching things that can be signs of back problems, reluctance to jump up and down, um, and just make special accommodations. Be ready that if we do have uh, future back things, this is definitely not a pet we want to be very um, athletic, jumping off high uh, areas in the home. Um, so we use a little extra caution. Maybe even use a harness, um, you know, for walking purposes. So. Um, that, that would be my, my guess there, Ann.
3: Okay. I was curious, but it's it's unbelievable. I mean, we were looking at little doggy carts on the Internet and even thought possibly have, we're going to have to put her down. Well,
2: I'm glad it turned out like it did. I mean, that's uh, it, to make a recovery like that is that's great.
7: Unbelievable. And thank
2: you very much for your call today. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405
8: 8405 to talk to anyone on the Dream Team right now. Alan Cable, it's time now for you and your dog. Want to hear that?
1: Yeah.
5: Who's the cute, fuzzy little. Who's got the fuzzy.
1: Who's got the cute little fuzzy. Oh, your
8: nose is so wet. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes. yes. No,
4: off, off, off the table, off the
0: table. You want to treat Mommy Loves You? Mommy Loves You? Woohoo! No, I'm going to scratch the special spot on your tummy to make sure little leg kick
8: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that part. And now, Times Animals Interrupted News Reports. Here's a kitty that decided to jump on the news person's shoulder while she reporting. Oh my
0: goodness, that's a way to start a Thursday, Nicole.
8: Here's a weather guy at the zoo in Australia when a pelican decides to bite him on the bottom.
13: Do you love it?
8: The anchor guy says, "Do you love it?"
13: <laughs> Do you love
0: it? I'm be mentally this is
13: Animal Radio, baby.
0: Dogs or cats, horse or emu.
3: People too. A drunk man in China was bitten by a panda after jumping into its enclosure at the Beijing Zoo. He then retaliated by biting the panda back. Zhang Zinian was eating and drinking at a nearby restaurant when he got the idea to go to the zoo and visit the pandas. He got the sudden urge to touch the panda, so he jumped in, startling Juju, a panda who had been sleeping. Juju then bit one of Zinian's legs. Zinyan got angry and started kicking, so Juju bit the other leg. Zinyan then bit Juju the panda. A zookeeper was able to break up the fight by spraying them with water. Juju was fine, but Zinyan ended up in the hospital, getting some stitches for his leg injuries. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
13: How strong is Allegra D?
0: It's my congestions out of my way, strong. Even in the park, playing with my dogs. Go fetch, Bosley.
13: Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine, plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in under one hour.
0: Allegra D is breathing free for 24 hours strong, even in the convertible.
13: Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use
1: only as directed.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
2: and we're taking your calls toll free at 1-866-405-8405 don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone and android and in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Viagin Pets and talk about that first cloned puppy here in the United States. Also, a check of the news coming up just after your calls. And Lori, Lori and Sunday, what are you guys working on?
4: <laughs> uh, I'm working on, Sunday is working on her singing. I am working on a story that will tell you, do not kiss that chick. Oh. Uh-oh. I'm not talking girls. Okay, I you know get where I mean? you're going. I get where you're going okay. on that. Okay, if you, I'll if, tell you, you if you
2: have foul around, you'll uh, want to be listening for that. That's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. Hi Shelton, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Very good. How can we help you today?
12: Well, I've got a, a dilemma. I've got a uh, Brittany Spaniel that uh, he has. He last year about this time he got tetanus. Hmm. I I didn't catch it. Uh, I was out of town, and my wife took him to an emergency vet. It was like his head was like he had run into the fence or something and and had a crick in his neck, and the emergency vet just treated him generally. And then by the time I got uh, home a week later, I saw the sardonic smile and you know, he was having uh, tremors and what have you, and we got him back to the bed and and got him on, a, you know, a good antibiotic. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it seems to be recurring every now and then, although we've had him on antibiotics for, you know, two and three months at a stretch at times. Okay. The next
6: Okay. That's eight. a little strange.
12: So, uh, yeah, it, it is, and, and you know, I've read all I can read about it, and I understand that, uh, you know, that, uh, the toxins bind to the nerve endings or something. So, mm-hmm. so he, uh, so what happens is, you know, he still has the tremors occasionally, and it, and it gets worse occasionally.
6: Hmm. Okay, yeah, that is kind and, of he, unusual. He's and a,
12: a relapse on the um, I mean can you can you uh have a relapse on
6: tetanus? Not typically, no. And and just to back up from it with tetanus, um we kinda know that in the human world as lockjaw. Um and what it, it's basically the disease is caused by a a bacteria uh, called clostridium, and we see that where there's a puncture wound. This little organism lives in the soil, so if there's some kind of wound that gives it an entry into the animal's body, um, then we can get this problem. It's not terribly common. We never see it in cats, rarely in dogs, so you're in an unfortunate situation here with your little baby because um, it really isn't all that commonly seen. Now, when i got to ask you, when this first happened originally, was there a wound? Was there some kind of puncture that we could identify with? in about a week or two before this.
12: No, we couldn't find anything.
6: Okay. Because it really is very unusual. Most dogs with tetanus, once we get them on a good antibiotic, a good penicillin or metronidazole, they have that initial treatment and it may last about seven days. Um, some lingering effects, maybe for a month, but after that, we should be done and over with. There shouldn't be a sustained problem. Now in up to almost 25% of the cases of tetanus in dogs can actually be from something like a foxtail wound. And if you are seeing an on again, off again problem, then that might be something I would direct you to make sure we're really looking very hard. Um, because those kind of wounds are very small. Um, sometimes they can be a chronic wound between the toes. Um, in certain areas, but there really shouldn't be an easy explanation that I could tell you why tetanus would reoccur unless we have um, still have a, a festering wound of some sort. Um, and then otherwise, you know, I guess the long-term effects, um, is there possible damage to the neurologic system? Um, I cannot say that I've ever read or heard of any long-term effects um, as far as now. Is he having seizures or anything like that?
12: Not Not necessarily seizures but his right uh left side is affected especially his left uh hind leg it's almost like a scratching motion
3: mm okay
12: in fact he's he's always even as a puppy scratched his left side but you'll see his leg start we we started to call him Thumper because it'll it'll <laughs> just you know he could be laying there and it'll start thumping you know if he gets excited it happens we did have him on the uh metro I forget how you say the word uh, that Yes, we had him on that a- antibiotic, and you know, and then I read something that it can cause tumor and tumor, uh, cancerous tumors in animals. So we, after about a month, we took him off of that, and now he, he's, you know, it's on and off on cipro and what have you, trying to. Uh, uh, we're just afraid he, you know, he'll get full-blown tetanus. Because it, yeah. it gets very strange. It, it's affected him uh, neurologically, you know, from even a personality standpoint. Mm-hmm. But the
5: foxtail,
12: yeah, and- I, I don't know that, you know, I, I guess we have it, but you know, he's always in our backyard. We rarely take him out in the field anymore
6: sure and you know occasionally it's more when the, when we're battling a dog that that has the the tetanus actually active sometimes we will use like muscle relaxants um such as methylcarbamol so something like that i can see um but yeah i'm just a little puzzled as why we're having more of a long-term thing here with with your baby unless you know we've got some other little kind of a seizure disorder um or something else going on um if we did sustain some damage to the, to the, something in the back end so i'm going to kind of scratch my head here a little bit shelton um and as far as I'm assuming your, your vet's working diligently to try to figure this out, um, but it might really warrant um, kind of looking at that area on his spine a little bit more and really looking for any evidence of, uh, you know, a chronic wound or any kind of area where we could explain that this happened from.
12: Our vet has only seen two cases
14: in 30 years.
6: Yeah, it's not common. It really is not. Um, and fortunately, animals are fairly resistant to the effects of, uh, tetanus. And, uh, in a lot of cases, some of these wounds that they sustain, you know, we notice them, we treat them, they get on antibiotics. So, um, it's not always a, a concern or a cause of, uh, alarm. So. You, you've got an unusual baby there, Shelton, and, and I wish you the best of luck with him. Hopefully, uh, we'll find some results and get, get our baby back to normal there. So best wishes to you, and thank you for calling. This is Dr. Debbie at one eight six six 405
2: Let's uh, hit up John. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
14: good. Thanks for uh, taking the call. What's going on? Uh, just a quick question. Um, I, I have a 10-year-old dog. She's got a, a little growth a couple of weeks back that looks like a little sty or a wart or something on her left lower eyelid, um, but it doesn't interfere with her blinking or anything like that. I'm just wondering if that's something I need to check out.
6: Yeah. Now, what kind of doggie? I'm sorry?
14: She's a, a, a mutt from the pound and like stuffers, and I got her off the and I'm told okay. she's a mix.
6: Okay. And is the lump, is it on the inside of the eye, on the outside? What what uh, area coming in it's from the, the nose outside. to the side? On the outside, okay. Well, the, the good majority of, of little masses along a dog's eyelid, they tend to be benign growths. Um, okay. And of those, they most commonly are a type called a meibomian gland tumor. Okay. So that's by far the, the biggest um, uh, cause of these type of things. So those type of things, not to say they can't cause a problem, um, and sometimes they can actually get pretty big. Um, they'll kind of even get a color, cauliflower-like growth off of them and they can rub on the eye. So, um, some of these really can cause ulcers in the eye or discomfort. So, um, the treatment of those, um, first I'd say, you know, get a look at it. If you'd hold her up to the mic, I can, you know, try to <laughs> get a picture of things. Um, but, uh, you know, getting a, a vet's eye on it is a big thing because sometimes there are types of lumps and bumps that get us a little bit more excited. Um, if they're pigmented, kind of a black color, sometimes that gets us a little bit more concerned because we can get melanoma, a more serious tumor that occurs on the eyelid. Um, and then some types can be a little bit more destructive to the area, um, like square cell carcinoma. Um, you know, people are aware of that because of the sun-related issues. So that, for dogs, too, can occur on the eyelids. So, that, so that's what my you argument. Do, would
14: you, Would they would they zap it off and and test Sometimes. it, or what would they?
6: Yeah, so when we have an eyelid tumor, pretty much um, we have to remove those type of things with a pet under anesthesia. And I get that question all the time. Can you do it with my pet awake? No, not going to happen. <laughs> not many dogs <laughs> will sit for that. So th- from there, but yes, we can do a couple of things. We can, if it's r- large and it goes into the lid, we might do kind of like a V-shaped wedge. So we take out a little wedge of the eyelid and sew things back up. Um, if it's small and doesn't seem to go very deep, then yes, we can um, kind of cauterize that either with um, a, an electrocautery, at my office we have a laser that we use, and that helps to kind of uh, ablate the tissue or just kind of um, destroy it on the surface. So that technique can you can be used for some of the smaller um, or less uh, less serious ones. If we're worried that it's a more serious tumor, we're gonna probably go for that V wedge because we want to get nice clean margins and, and solve that problem for you know the long haul. Um, but how uh, much yeah, can
14: you tell by I... looking at it? If you if I, if I brought her into the office, can you look at it and say yeah, it looks like this or it looks like that?
6: In some cases, yeah, um, usually, um, but I would say just because the great majority of these type of tumors are meibomine gland tumors, and, you know, the breed sometimes gives us some clues because we know that there are um, some dogs like Poodles, Cocker Spaniels, um, Collies that tend to get these um, benign eyelid tumors a little bit more frequently, so um, okay. if we've got that, there's sometimes a little bit of the odds game we can play to to help, and I, that may not help your situation since you have a mixed breed <laughs> dog, um, but uh, well, it potentially
14: yeah, I was wondering whether or not to make an appointment. So it sounds like I should.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely encourage you. And, you know, it could be something we can handle pretty simply. Um, and just sometimes a little bit of, you know, monitoring, watching, and waiting uh, is acceptable for these type of things.
14: Beautiful. Uh, I will uh, keep an eye on
1: it, but I'll, I think so will make an appointment for next week as well. Thanks for the uh, information. I sure appreciate it.
6: Thanks for the
2: call, John. one 405
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Hey everybody, this is Brett
9: Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right now, want to take, wait, give me the line again, my brain's skipped. Uh,
13: Brett Michaels. I
9: just and- had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts.
13: Oh, go don't ahead, do that,
2: don't that do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio, Brett Michaels and Animal Radio.
9: you got it, I knew the Animal Radio, like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels, you're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets, they will rock your world.
10: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with your pets, and we sure do love talking to you. You can call us toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 just to check in, or if you have a question about your pet's uh, grooming or your pet's health. We have Dr. Debbie over here and dog father Joey Villani to my right, and Lori and Sunday. Sunday is a brand-new foster, hopefully not a foster failure, but a foster (laughs) dog Lori's into the Bulldogs, and I got to tell you, Sunday is one cute Bulldog.
4: She's adorable. So, what's happening this hour? Talking about um, one of our, you know, favorite breeds of dogs. What is one of the favorite breed of dogs that is being bred? Totally, truly, being bred into oblivion. Ooh, we'll tell you. Okay, yeah, it's really scary.
2: I don't know why, but uh, I see Sunday just perked up. So that's on the way in just a <laughs> couple of minutes, right here on Animal Radio. But first, we visit with Blake Russell again, who last week told us about genetic preservation and what Vigin Pets does. All very intriguing. I spent the week looking at the website, mm-hmm. and I understand that there's an announcement. Welcome back to the show, Blake.
7: Thank you, Hal. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we're ready to make our announcement about our first puppy. This will be the first cloned puppy ever born in the United States. And you know, most people, they're not even aware yet that companion animal cloning is available here. And so this puppy, she's going to get the opportunity to tell the world that cloning technology is available for pet owners everywhere.
3: I have to ask, what kind of puppy was it?
7: She's a Jack Russell.
3: What was the
2: story behind the Jack Russell?
7: Well, she has an owner who thinks that, believes that she was the dog of a lifetime, had a phenomenal relationship with her, and she's getting older, and he saw the opportunity to produce an identical twin to this uh, lifetime treasure it's a chance to extend this bond that he had with her and so he's anxiously awaiting now she's um cannot be um sent to um her owner until she's weaned and uh, she's still a few weeks away from that so he's watching her on video every day and communicating with her and it's just going really really well so are there others waiting in the wings to do this yes sir we have a waiting list now that's building as word is getting out we're just beginning to get word out to veterinarians and pet owners, um, not only around the U.S., but everywhere, that now puppy and kitten cloning is available here.
2: It sounds like a very hard and complicated process, Blake.
7: Well, the good news is that our team of scientists make it very simple for our clients. Um, Our clients take their pet to their veterinarian where they get a simple skin biopsy, and we do the rest. And at the end of the day, the client gets 100% guarantee that they'll have a healthy veterinarian-inspected genetic match. So an identical twin to their dog or cat.
2: Does this involve GMO?
7: There is no genetic modification here. They get an identical twin so this dog or cat will have the exact same genetics as the original.
3: So if you do do genetic preservation, are you required then to do a clone?
7: The, the first step to cloning is the genetic preservation, but we have hundreds of clients that take that first step, so that then opens the door to future opportunity, but many of those clients are very comfortable for now staying in that genetic preservation step and just waiting until the opportunity is right for them and their family to proceed with cloning.
2: Mm. There's a lot of information here working we learn more
7: well we look forward to visiting with all pet parents so they can find us at our website at viaginpets.com or they can call us at 888-876-6104 i'm
2: going online right now thanks Blake.
7: thank you
15: hello animal radians it's robert semro your pet world insider here with this week's animal radio list five reasons birds make incredible pets. It's no secret that birds are intelligent and are increasingly becoming popular as pets and companions. Those who have had the privilege and joy of having a bird as a companion will sing their praises if given a chance. There are so many wonderful and beautiful varieties and sizes of birds in the pet world, I thought I'd share five reasons birds make incredible pets. To begin with, Birds are very intelligent. They're able to learn from, bond with, and interact with their owners. They're playful and can greet you with the actual words, Hello Rob, how you doing? When's the last time your dog or cat spoke to you in actual words, made uncanny remarks at the most inopportune or maybe perfect time, and can carry on actual conversations? Okay, maybe the conversations are a bit repetitive, but still, how great is it to hear from your pet, I love you. Next up is the advantage that they're easy to care for. They require minimal grooming and are naturally very clean and hygienic animals. They take pride in themselves and will preen themselves daily to keep their feathers shiny and clean. They require little space, little food, and can get by with a little time when time is short in supply. It's also easier to clean a cage once a day than multiple cleanups for dogs and cats. Another advantage is that they do not need much space to live in. While a bird cage with more space is always more desirable, many get by with minimal space. So, if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of space or time, a bird may be a perfect pet for you. Bird toys are also another easy thing to provide for them. Birds are able to make almost anything into an item of interest in play. Next, birds are fairly easy to train. Their intelligence and curiosity make them willing, eager, and very capable learners. They do love to interact and please. Combining all of this makes them much easier to become well-trained and extremely entertaining members of the family. Remember that birds are beautiful. They have different features and habits that will certainly keep you entertained and engaged for a long time. Next up is that they also don't eat as much as other pets. They literally eat like birds. In addition to pellets, seeds, and other prepared bird foods, many birds enjoy appropriate fresh fruits and vegetables. This leads us to the importance of knowing what things can be toxic to them as they and their systems are much smaller and more susceptible. Finally, most birds stick to a regular schedule that, when followed, provides predictability and a healthy environment for you and your bird. So, if you're thinking about a bird as a pet, do your research and know that you're possibly making one of the best friends you'll ever have. Also, remember to check out the local and regional bird rescues for adoptable birds that may be available. Share your pet bird stories and tips on our Animal Radio Facebook page. How
13: strong is Allegra D?
0: It's my congestion's out of my way, strong. Even in the park, playing with my dogs. Go fetch Bosley.
13: Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in under one hour.
0: Allegra D is breathing free for 24 hours strong, even in the convertible.
13: Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use only as directed.
0: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks.
4: Judy, I thought about you when I got this information not too long ago. Uh-oh. Because, uh yeah, more than 600 people, they say, have gotten sick just this year so far in outbreaks of salmonella traced to pet chickens or pet ducks Ooh. kept in backyard flocks. Chickens. And you take care of some chickens, don't you? Yep. Yes. Your uh-huh. neighbor's chickens? Yeah the health officials are warning us that as tempting as it might be to nuzzle up to cute little fluffy chicks and ducklings, that owners of poultry pets really need to rein in that affection to protect themselves from becoming really sick. Forty-five states have already reported outbreaks of salmonella linked to poultry in backyard flocks this year, according to the CDC. And uh, that breaks down to more than six 100 people who have been infected, about 140 of them hospitalized. Mm -hmm. So it is really serious. And the CDC says this is the largest number of illnesses linked to live poultry on record. So they're not sure exactly what's going on or how it's happening, but you really need to be careful about it. And if you have kids, really make sure that they are especially careful because as many as one-third of these infections of salmonella, because of chickens and ducks, have been in children under five years old. Just remember, yeah, all live poultry, all, can carry salmonella bacteria. Even if they look healthy and clean, you just don't know. So here are some of the steps that you can take to avoid it. Do not kiss as hard as it is, I mean, because they are (laughs) swift-looking. Do not kiss chickens and ducks. And don't even put them close to your face. Always wash your hands well with soap and water after handling any feathered pet. And again, don't let kids under five handle or touch chickens, ducklings, or any other kind of live poultry without adult supervision.
2: Now, I wonder if the increase has to do with more and more people are now bringing chickens into their backyards. Yeah, I mean, more than ever, I I could go down our street right here. (laughs) We live in a pretty metropolitan city, and there's many, many houses that have chickens now.
4: Yes, they do. I would bet you're right. But what about Yurik and Monique?
2: Oh, Yurik, the uh, Frenchman and, and Monique. Yes, the Frenchman and Monique. Yeah, it's hard to wrote. tell.
4: Hard to tell there. <laughs> there is a new study out on what could be, and this is heartbreaking, the demise of Bulldogs. They are so cute. The English Bulldog is one of the most popular breeds in the world right now. But believe me, being a popular breed does not always do favors for that breed. The reason that they're saying is, you know, people love the childlike appearance and behavior of bulldogs. But all of these past alterations in body type and behavior, which were needed to create the bulldog look that we see nowadays that everybody loves, has required so many physical changes way beyond what their, you know, original bulldog ancestors of years ago looked like. Now, all of these changes have occurred over hundreds of years, but these changes are now becoming faster and faster, bigger and bigger over the last decades. And they say, you know, popularity does not equate to health, and there have been increasing pressures on breeders, breeders or some people, depending on which side of the debate you're on, greeters, uh, to moderate the physical extreme changes that now affect the breed and its health. However, but by approving health by breeding and changes that would positively impact the health of bulldogs, they say that... Because the dog has gone so far from what it was originally intended to be that it may no longer be possible. They may not have the genetic pool available hmm. within the dogs to change it back to healthy. Uh, there's not enough diversity. So what breeders or breeders should do to seek to improve the breed now, they're going to have to outcross to other breeds, although they're not recommending who or what. But the results of this research does uh, indicate that the Bulldogs have lost considerable, a huge amount of genetic diversity from all of the highly focused uh, selection for specific desired physical traits, like those big eyes, the big heads, and the loose skin, but it all comes... At a cost.
2: Yeah. What, what are some of the problems they have? I know, I at least I would imagine, they're bronchiocephalic, Is that what they call that?
0: Brachycephalic. Brachycephalic. Brachycephalic.
2: Brachycephalic. They look like they've been chasing parked cars, but that causes uh, uh, breathing problems.
4: Is that correct? The breathing problems. Among their many other problems and plus, are... Aren't,
3: aren't their heads so large that the mother can't usually pass them during the birth canal that they have to have a cesarean?
4: Exactly. Their heads are too big to pass through, uh, the mother. So they have to have C-sections. Some, you know, who just grab a pair of dogs and breed them don't have C-sections, but it pretty much is mandatory. Otherwise you risk losing the mother as well as the puppies. Mm. They are notorious for skin issues, um, (laughs) skin allergies, food allergies. Their maintenance is, is incredible. Um, I laugh at friends who say, oh, so-and-so just had their bath for the first day, you know, the first time this year. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, we have to bathe dogs once a week because they get this um, yeasty smell to them. They have almost always, when we get bulldogs into uh, the rescue, normal surgeries for them before they can be adopted because they've been given up because families can't afford to have all this done because of poor breeding is uh, cherry eye surgery
5: Uh-oh.
4: or uh, entropion surgery. Palate surgery, because their palates are elongated and have too much loose skin in there, so they have to shorten the palate so that it doesn't collapse on itself and the dog can breathe better. Mm. Um, I just had one who had um, nares. Their nostrils had to be opened up so that he could breathe better as well. Mm. Um, their tails are also a, a genetic thing. A lot of them will be like corkscrews inside. Sometimes you have to amputate their tails
2: now for those of you that have been listening a while you know that Lori is a big bulldog fan and she rescues bulldogs would you recommend a bulldog for somebody that wanted a bulldog
4: um honestly uh, my my honest to god truth bottom line if you can afford it and if you don't mind um all of the work that's associated with keeping them clean happy and comfortable do the research yes absolutely right exactly please do the research Okay. Because they are so cute and that's what happens. People don't do the research, they go out and buy one. Then they start mount you know, with these mounting vet bills and you can't afford it, you don't have the time, it's not fun, it wasn't what you signed up for. They end up in rescue. I've
3: heard that's one of the most expensive dogs to keep. It is. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. And but they're they're expensive puppies to buy, usually around twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars.
2: It, it probably all has to do with money, right, ultimately, why they, they're they being bred like this? But
4: that's where the term greeters is coming yes. from, G-R-E-D-E-R-S. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really, it's just sad, and it's a, a vicious cycle. But I, I love them. You know, their personality is, is really, really different. And it's not that I have the money. I work through the rescue, and I yep. do a lot of fostering. Yep.
2: You see it front so, line.
4: I do. Um SeaWorld has actually um, done a flip uh requested the dismissal of its lawsuit against the California Coastal Commission challenging some conditions that were placed on its permit to expand tanks at the park as part of their Blue World Project. Those conditions had required SeaWorld to end its captive breeding and transfer of orcas at their facility. Now, with SeaWorld's request, this lawsuit is now officially dismissed. The Animal Legal Defense Fund says that dropping its lawsuit, in its opinion, is a positive step toward following through with their promise, but it does nothing, it says, for the other animals that SeaWorld holds in captivity. Mm. Yeah, talk about a blessing. There was this German shepherd in Chicago that was saved recently from what would have been certain death. By an unlikely Samaritan, he was saved because this Samaritan was a thief and intent on breaking the window in the car that this dog was trapped in and stealing the laptop that was sitting on the front seat. (laughs) So it's a good thing it happened. It was super hot that day, but it was about 10 in the morning, so it was 80 degrees but they estimate that it was about 120 inside the car. Ooh. The, the owner stops the car, walks into a pub, comes out an hour later, finds his car smashed, uh, the window smashed and his laptop gone. But the dog is, you know, outside running around. And he said, I was only in for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. I always find that when bad things happen, people will say anything <laughs> to make themselves look better, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So luckily the bar owner, the pub owner, was a dog lover. She was furious. She knew how long she was in there. She went back and she pulled the surveillance tape. He had been in there for an hour. And she Jeez. said, if that guy hadn't gotten to your laptop and smashed her window, I would have done it just to get the dog out. So good for her. Yay, Thief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an animal radio news update. Get more
0: at animalradio.com.
8: And now a word from my best friend. That's my dog when I come home. Hi, Talent Cable. I want to talk to you about your dog's behavior. There's a big difference between dog training and dog behavior. One of the most common problems we hear about is excessive barking. Most dogs are going to bark. It's part of their nature. That's how they communicate. And sometimes barking is good. You know, you want your dog to warn you if somebody's coming into your house. Certain dog breeds bark more than others. They're bred to be barkers. And dogs have different barks that you can learn. Let's talk about the different reasons why dogs bark. We already talked about the warning bark. Dogs also bark when they get anxiety. Some dogs have separation anxiety, and they'll bark all day. Dogs also bark when they're being playful, when they want your attention, and when they're bored. They also bark when another dog barks. (laughs) So now that we know a little bit about why dogs bark, how do you stop it? As always, positive reinforcement and reward are the techniques I like to use. Now, if you're somebody who works long hours and you're away from the house all day, your dog's probably going to bark. But you can reduce some of that barking by making sure your dog gets plenty of exercise. Getting rid of that pent-up energy? will get rid of some of the barking. If your dog is barking at you, pay no attention. In fact, turn your back on your dog. The more attention you give your dog, the more you're actually encouraging the barking. Yelling doesn't work. If you're ignoring your dog and he stops barking, that's when you give praise. Good dog. You can give a treat, too. In fact, whenever your dog is doing a desired behavior, like just laying still and being calm, that's a great time to walk over and pet your dog. If that's not working, correct your dog. Poke her in the neck with your fingers or keep a leash in Around so you can give her a correction when you need to and use the sound of a word like hey or no after you do that immediately divert the dog's attention with a treat or a toy or give her a project take a hot dog cut it up and throw it all over the backyard let her hunt for it giving your dog something better to do than bark remember whenever your dog does something that seems weird take her to the vet first make sure there's no medical problem but anytime you take on a behavior modification it's going to take patience and consistency and you'll see the rewards of your hard work quicker than you think
1: you're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
14: Just because you don't have time to read a book doesn't mean you can't enjoy stories about artists and groups that you love. To discover a whole new world of audiobooks and hear the stories that made the music, visit HappyLandAudio.com. That's HappyLandAudio.com.
13: Hey, this is Big Ant from Rescue Inc. Remember, stay new to your animal and abusers are losers. Now back to Animal Radio.
5: Let's
2: see. Uh, You know who we have on uh, line three is Stephen Rowley. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing?
8: Hi, how are you?
2: Very good. I haven't told the audience about you yet. You are an author. This is your first book, right?
9: Yes, that's correct. I've written a novel called Lily and the Octopus. This is my first book.
2: And correct me if I'm wrong. I heard rumor, and I'm trying to see if I remember. You got like a million dollars up front before ever writing this book and never having any previous books. (laughs)
9: Well... Uh, something like that. I did write the book, uh, on, on spec without an offer. Um, and, and, uh, Simon and Schuster who published the book did read it and, uh, they were quite, quite generous with me, but I, I did have to write the book, uh, first.
2: But that's uh, an incredible journey that you've made and it's, it's incredible. Off, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an amazing uh, book
9: yeah i yeah it's quite a sort of Cinderella story if you will it's really quite amazing when I sat down to write this story i did I, it's very much a novel, but I did have a dog uh named Lily, a dachshund who I had since uh, from from her puppyhood until she was uh almost thirteen years old and she succumbed to cancer and um i I am a, a writer of other stories. I've been a screenwriter and i've wrote, written for newspapers and things like that um but uh i was really surprised by how sidelined i felt by by grief after losing this this friendship and uh so i i just sat down to write never expecting fully to to write a novel or to even see something published but i just started writing to uh, to sort of help me heal and understand that loss
2: it was cathartic for you
9: it was very cathartic and i think you know i tried to just be as as emotionally true to what i was feeling and and somehow that really seems to be resonating with with readers.
2: Okay, the book is called Lily and the Octopus, and the octopus in this book is metaphorically a tumor. Is that correct?
9: That is correct. She had a, a brain tumor. Um, and so when, when I sat down, I, uh, my goal was to write about attachment and loss. And there was something... Uh, about the metaphor of an, an octopus something that has tentacles and can have a, a, a sort of literal stranglehold on you uh, that I thought served that that well that sort of talked about how difficult it can be to to let go when it's time
3: I think you did an excellent job I, I couldn't put the book down I thought it was great the way you described it you you took the reader with you on it and we were there and I could just picture this tumor on Lily's head and I, I think it was a really fantastic
9: oh, book oh th- thank you so much and and for a book about about sort of loss and grief. It is not hopefully without humor and, uh, you know, it's a real celebration of, of an entire life and our relationships with, uh, with our pets.
2: Was Lily your first pet?
9: I had dogs growing up. Um, I grew up in rural Maine and we had a, a, a big house with a, with a barn and whatnot. And we had dogs, but, but dogs, uh, you know, I grew up in the sort of 70s and 80s and our relationship with our pets was just a little bit different then. These mm-hmm. are more sort of outdoor dogs and, and very much pets. And Lily was the first dog that I had, not only that I raised from puppy into, into old age, but also that, that was very much a fully integrated family member.
2: When you discovered how, how did you discover that there was something wrong with Lily?
9: She actually had a little lump on her, uh, you know, above one of her eyes. Um, so that, uh, that did start to grow, um, I never, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, clearly uh, quite as around the bend as a narrator of this, this novel is I never actually thought that it was an octopus, but there was something about having a little lump there that uh, sort of led me to thinking about that, that metaphor. But uh, un- unfortunately it was very quick moving and it was only a couple months from the time I discovered it until, mm-hmm. till the end of her life.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a new pet? Do you have a new dog?
9: I do, yeah. Uh, I have a rescue dog uh named Tilda. She's a terrier mix who had uh you know, when it came time to getting another dog I knew sort of intellectually um I have a, a good home and I was being perhaps selfish and not um providing a dog in need with a with a good home. Um so I was ready to to open the house if not a hundred percent my heart. And she was she had been uh, someone shot her up pretty good with a with a BB gun, mm. uh, yes. and she lost an eye and had several broken ribs and, and whatnot. So she was ready for a safe place to live, if sure. not 100% ready to trust new people. So we did a delicate dance around each other at first, but... Uh, <laughs> We are good friends now.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's very tough when somebody loses a pet. Obviously, uh, you don't want to replace that pet, but it's very tough to get another pet because you feel that you're going to go through that loss
1: again.
9: Yeah, it's true, and there, there is a little like there is a fear, like what if she's too, what if she was too much like Lily? Would I would I resent her for that? And then there was a little bit of fear too, like what if what if. Uh, um, she's not at all like Lily, and I have trouble attaching to her. But, you know, each relationship with a dog is unique and, and, and provides its own love, you know.
2: Is there um, any advice you'd give somebody who was on that, uh, that cusp of, you know, just losing an animal and shy of getting a new animal?
9: I would not shy away. I just think that the, the people who love animals, there's a special kind of bravery about these people. And I just, I love that, you know, we love these animals fully. Knowing that they don't live as long as we do, but we, you know, we we love them fully anyway. We lose them, we grieve, and many of us get to the back of the line and sign up to do it all over again. I just, <laughs> I just think that that is a, a special kind of human being, you know, that's my tribe. Those are the people I love.
2: Absolutely, it's a great book. In fact, I have ten copies to give away right now to listeners at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your local bookstore, if it still exists, and ask them for Lily and the Octopus, the author Stephen Rowley. Visit his website at StephenRowley.com. Thank you for hanging with us today. We certainly appreciate it. Stephen Rowley.
9: Thank you so much. My best to you and your listeners.
2: We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over to AnimalRadio.com. Well, uh, let's get on out of here. What do you say? And Let's uh, go walk our fish and our our birds and all of our kitties and, yeah, the dogs, too. If you need your fix during the week, download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Check it out right now. And we'll catch you back right here next week for more Animal Radio. Take care.
4: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Sunday and I are going for a walk.
13: This is Animal Animal
5: Radio Network.
4: Network.